We sound good. Okay. this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the show that wonders how ghosts, alien, and children decides who gets which cornfield. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Um, so this is weird. It was weird getting a start tonight, Peter, because I feel like we took a week off, yeah. and I felt like it was like three weeks off. We haven't done an episode since last decade, it feels I, like. Right. <laughs> just kidding. It just feels like we took longer off than we did, and I'm like, oh, how, yeah. do we, how do we do a podcast again? Um... There's a lot going on, like holidays and everything going on. Well, so, the last two, so with that just... being said, we recorded Christmas early and we recorded New Year's early. So those episodes were to drop on a specific time, but it allowed us to take some time off. So yeah. how were your holidays? Um, They're really busy, but they were good overall. Really yeah. busy and good. Okay. Yeah. yeah I feel of, like that uh, is everyone's answer. So give me a better answer. And stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm put it, being put on the spot. No, it's I fine. Just... <laughs> I just feel everyone always has the same answer. It was busy, but it was good. Right. Like anyone you talk to, you go to work and you ask people, that's what they say. Um, Did you, was there any like big gift you got this year that like stands out um man i'm just i'm blanking because you're putting me on the spot right now <laughs> the 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 one thing i can think of is a flannel shirt that i got that i really like <laughs> and i know that's such such a modest answer but wow, that's right. really what's coming to mind so well santa apparently knows that i collect the black series star wars figures so i got a bunch of those which right is awesome um but one thing that really stood out was um Back in the '80s, there was a game called Fireball Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I talked about it on a. I've talked about it on a previous episode before, but uh, it's one of the greatest board games ever made. And if you like, if you were to Google it right now, you're not going to find an original copy of that game for probably less than two hundred dollars. I have the original still intact, and I've broken it out and played it and stuff. Yeah. It's still good. But there was a Kickstarter thing a few years back where someone redid the game. Like, the, a whole new game board, new game mechanics, all this new stuff. Um, so it's kind of been on a wish list of mine for a while. Nice. Um, and I got it for Christmas. Uh, we played it. It's awesome. Like, all the new mechanics are great. And then this one has expansions to it. Um, I haven't gone looking yet, but apparently there is a D&D scenario written specifically for the game board. Like, you know what I okay. mean? So... Um, I guess there's a endless possibilities kind of thing. So I was really excited to have that. And it was funny because I was at a New Year's party. And uh, uh, my friend who was hosting the New Year's party, um, he built an arcade cabinet. Yeah. And he's got like, um, and he's got some, you know, modded stuff in there. So he's just, every time he gets a copy of a game, like he just loads it up. Yeah. So he's got like, there's probably like 400 games on this thing. So he was showing me the arcade cabinet. It was really cool. But as we were leaving the basement where he keeps his arcade cabinet, I saw Fireball Island, like the okay, new one, nice. on yeah. the shelf. And I asked him about it. He's like, dude, it's the greatest game ever. Like, <laughs> And we had this whole conversation about the original and the new one and all that yeah. stuff. So it was just kind of funny that I was like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, no, holidays, again, busy, but they were good. Yeah. You know. I mean, 
I didn't know this was a top five holiday. Show. No, it just made me laugh. We've just been we've just been away. Yeah. Like I look, we're family, but like I haven't. I feel like I haven't really seen you over these holidays. Yeah. So I just figured. That out. No, I'm just like kind of in the place where I mostly got clothes and tools for Christmas, so it's not a lot of the super exciting, flashy sort of gifts this year, I guess. Right, but right. Um, well, how about this? Um, what um, there's one big thing we need to talk about in terms of watching. What uh, aside from that one big item, right? What have you been watching? <laughs> so, um, The Toys That Made Us Season 3 just dropped on Netflix. Oh. I don't know if you've... Have you watched any of this show so yet? So, I've picked and choose episodes. I yeah, haven't oh, watched yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, like I watched Star Wars, which... The Star Wars one was weird because I knew everything. Right. It was nice to see the images of some of the old stuff, but for the most part, I knew that whole story without watching that episode. Yeah. Um, I watched the Lego one because I'm a big Lego fan. And I watched uh, the He-Man one because I was a big He-Man fan. But the, the learning, one learning is, the story behind that's amazing. Those are the one only of the three best that I watched. That, yeah. Um, just because some of the other toys didn't speak to me the same way. So, like, I'm not... It's, I liked G.I. Joe, but I wouldn't classify myself as a G.I. Joe kid, the, um, so I didn't watch that one. For have you watched the Star Trek one? No, I've, okay. I've been meaning to. That, that but... one's pretty funny because they show at the beginning how when Star Trek came out, they didn't have any toys for it, and so they kind of just picked random space-themed toys and slapped, like, Star Trek stickers on it, and that was, like, kind of just really amusing to see. Um, <laughs> but this new season, uh, I've only, I haven't watched all the episodes. I think I've watched all but one uh they have a power rangers episode that's pretty good but the best episode this season and it might be it's definitely like my t out of like all the seasons so far probably within my top three is they have a ninja turtles episode oh and okay. this one is like for me a lot like you were saying with the star wars one like i went into it and i pretty much knew the whole story like i knew about like uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird and the independent comic stuff when they first got their comic going and how, you know, then Turtles became an animated series and a toy company and yada yada. I kind of knew a lot of that stuff, but the way they tell kind of the story of the Turtles franchise is really cool. And uh, at the end, there's actually a really heartfelt moment that's like... I was did, actually did it, surprised. Did it like, make you cry? No, <laughs> no, but it is like I could see you watching it and rolling a tear by the end, which was actually kind you of really me rolling a tear. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying you in, a, in the general sense of the word, <laughs> trying to keep things ambiguous. That's but, right. I, I cry at everything. Um, it doesn't matter. But yeah, and then there, there's another episode. Uh, they did an episode about My Little Pony that I actually we watched in uh, my office at work and. Uh, it was just kind of this thing, like, I didn't think I'd be interested in it, but My Little Pony is just really weird. Like, the history of it. <laughs> yes, There's, it is. So, the original, like, iteration of My Little Pony is definitely before my time, but I didn't realize, like, the 80s, like, My Little Pony show had, like, these weird, like, dark fantasy antagonists in it. Because, like, they were showing clips from the cartoon, and it was just, like, these really dark like evil like medieval monster guys who are like the villains and i was like this actually looks kind of cool like what the heck is going like it was like i was seeing imagery that you'd expect to see in like masters of the universe or thundercats but it was in my little sure pony, and you're so saying like, and the words coming out of your mouth right now are funny because i'm like peter's gonna become a bro no he's not careful <laughs> no um, i de definitely not but not that there's anything wrong with that it's just right. well, i'm not as into cute stuff did you watch anything else of note before I go? Yeah, one thing really quick is uh, You Season 2 came out. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, this 
season is awesome. It's super suspenseful. I think the first season is better as far as just a cohesive story goes, but this season's crazy. I definitely like highly recommend it. And it's one of those things like you'll be on the edge of your seat. You won't be able to predict like most of what happens. So, so it's I, this show came up when the first season came out. It kind of fell off the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then now it's back and all I'm hearing about is the show. And I'm like, man, I, sh- I, I wanted to watch that before. I wanted to watch. So now that's back on the list of yeah. shows I need to catch up on. You could probably watch it in a weekend or two. Well, like I need I need that. Super bingeable. What I need is a weekend or two <laughs> like of, of freedom <laughs> oh, before I can you know do that. Um, well, I watched the first episode of The Witcher. Okay, yeah. Have I you watched anything? I actually watched the first two episodes. Right. So I was worried... I was worried when you said Witcher that you were going to say, like, you watched the whole thing because I oh. wouldn't be able to talk about so, it yet, So, here's So here's my thoughts. First off, I know nothing of the books. I never read the books. Yeah. And I never played the games. All I know is everything of those two items, of the source material, everything looks awesome. And I like everything I saw going <laughs> right. into that first episode. I l- really liked the first episode. I'm very excited to watch more. It came out at the most awkward... Like, they released it during the holidays. Yeah. Who has time to binge TV during the holidays when this <laughs> giant movie comes out that same weekend, and you gotta have time think, to see that multiple I think times. they were doing the, you go see the giant <clears throat> movie, and then you come home and binge The Witcher after. Yeah, and somehow find time to deal with The Witcher and dealing with the family busyness. Yeah. Um, so, because of the family busyness and this massive film that we're gonna talk about in a second came out... Um, Dealing with all that, I only had a chance to watch the first episode of Witcher. I like everything I saw. I do have one criticism, and it is not at the fault of The Witcher. It is at the fault that Game of Thrones has spoiled me for large-scale battle sequences. I'm trying to think of the large-scale battle sequence. There's not one. Okay. But it's a, it's but they have one sequence that I think is meant to look like a large-scale battle in the first episode... And it seemed very silly in comparison to what we Are got. Are you talking from the about Game of Thrones. at the end? It's like three. It's like three quarters of the way through. It's not at the end. Is but it it's like three he, quarters of the like way through. spoilers? Like fights all those guys in the town? No. Okay. No, this is actually literally like uh, like the queen's the queen leads a force against another enemy oh, force. Oh, okay. I no, I actually <laughs> agree with that. That kind that of se- uh, that sequence seemed very silly. In comparison to what we got from a Game of Thrones. <laughs> now, I understand it's two networks. I understand it's two different budgets. I understand I expectations were on one over the other. <laughs> like, I get... So... Um, I, yeah, I'm, like, I'm sorry I had to, like, roll my eyes a little bit. Cause no, I, it's fine. I've been hearing so much, like, well, compared to Game of Thrones, it's blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I feel like you have to view it as, like, it's... You, ha- thing, you have you know? to. But Game of Thrones showed us something about large-scale battles. Right. And well, I, I do I do agree with you. I think that whole scene could have been done better because the way that's that's even my only, the way that's my the, only comparison. even the way the armor armies charged at each other just felt there's something anticlimactic of the timing yeah. of it all and stuff. Right. And I think that could that scene could have been better. I kind of forgot about that though because like the first episode I thought was just so badass from like. The fight oh. scene at the beginning oh, to, like, fight the scene, end. The fight scene at the like beginning was, was great, mm-hmm. but the fight scene at the end with him and the guys oh, in the yeah. town was just, oh, my God, yeah. it was incredible. Like, it was incredible. Awesome, right, yeah. I know. So 
I can't, like, I'm not comparing the show at all yeah. to Game of Thrones, <laughs> but because of those large-scale battles that we got to see, it really made me, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> well, it's, it might be something where they get better as it goes. I know, I don't know. The show's got to find its legs, yeah. too. So. And I, I think both of us don't really know a ton about The Witcher, but it might be a thing where the battles get better, or... It, Sorry, that's not what I meant to say. They might not have a lot of battles in right. this one sort of thing. So right. This one we'll seems see. to be following one guy as opposed to, like, where yeah. Game of Thrones is, like, <coughs> 50 guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, it's going to be a different story altogether, and I'm not trying to compare it. It's just <laughs> when you look at medieval times versus medieval times, yeah. this is what we get, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> I'm um, sure we'll talk more about The Witcher next week, though, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so... I don't want to go... I want to talk about this next thing. I don't want to go too, too heavy deep because I think yeah. it would be really great to have, like, a Star Wars-specific episode and we talk about it as a saga as a whole. Okay. And, like, actually sit down and be like, hey, we're going to talk Star Wars tonight and all we're going to talk about is Star Wars. I think that'd be really cool. Are we going to rank the movies then? We could either rank them or we do, like, a top five favorite characters like you, you or something. You can tell a lot about somebody by their Star Wars movie ranking. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> I guess you could. Um, but no, like, in all seriousness, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker released. Um, without being too super, super in-depth, um, what... I mean, by all means, go in-depth, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. think it would be really great to do a Star Wars-only episode. It's one so of hard because, like you said, we did take a break... And I feel like it's it's been, it almost seems like there's been this chunk of time since I've seen it where right afterwards I had so much to say and then like so much of the things I liked or didn't like about the movie I've like almost come to terms with. But I mean, overall, I liked it a lot. I thought they ended this trilogy probably as good as they could have is kind of like how I felt. Um, I don't know as far how as like... How many times have you seen it? I've only seen it once. Okay. I've only, I'm one up like, on really, you. I've seen it two times. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's my favorite out of the new trilogy. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I was really happy with it. I have, like, a couple, like, minor criticisms, but, yeah. It may be my favorite out of the new trilogy. Um, it's definitely, like, this is definitely one of my favorite opening crawls. Soak like the opening so crawl. The opening <laughs> crawl. Like I know I'm like literally judging wordings. Like I'm literally judging three paragraphs against three paragraphs right. against three paragraphs. But that opening crawl, for some reason, I was like it hooked in a way that I've never been hooked by the opening yeah. crawl. So, so the the opening crawl for this movie was I laugh because it's just. I remember reading it and being like, it starts, and I'm like, well, I didn't expect that. And then every sentence, I was like, wait, what? Wait, what now? What's going on? And it was just like, I was left almost confused by that. <laughs> I was like, that's how this is starting out. But I did appreciate it because I remember The Last Jedi, one of the things that I thought was a drawback of that movie was the opening crawl was almost unneeded. Like, it didn't, the opening crawl in The Last Jedi didn't tell us enough information because the movie starts so quickly there was no time after gap. the force awakens was like no yeah. time gap. so i did appreciate that this one had more information to it and it was just it just so much of it caught me off guard <laughs> i was like what the heck is going on but um my one criticism of the movie this is okay so i don't criticize this anymore so first viewing i walked out and i was like it didn't the first opening 10 minutes of the movie did not feel like star wars to me Right. Um, when I was doing, when I watched it the first time, it didn't yeah. feel like Star Wars at all. The pacing just was weird. 
Mm-hmm. There was just so much boom, 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 boom. We got to yeah. do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. And I honestly think it was the light speed skipping that caused the my patience to wear thin because I was like, okay, <laughs> hold on a second. There's just too much happening too yeah. fast. On the upon, upon second viewing, that whole first 10 minutes, I loved. Okay. Like it did not, like it felt like it's supposed to, like it didn't bother me. And I think it was just jarring because of how fast everything moved. But when you get into the idea of the light speed skipping, that has to go fast, you know? Yeah. Um, I also realized that um, this is a movie with lots of ships, lots of spaceships. Right. And Abrams, for some reason, he shoots his spaceships too close. Okay. So, he shoots them. He gets yeah. way too close to the spaceships. And by all means, I don't know. Abrams is a great director, but I some of my favorite things with some of the older Star Wars movies is I love the space battles. Yeah. And they got so close that sometimes I'm like, I can't even tell what's happening on the screen. So we're in a uh, group text with our other brothers, and you <laughs> commented on this. And I was going to say something, but I was like, I'll just... I don't know if the, I felt like the moment passed or something. So I didn't say anything, but... Oh, I thought I you were going to bring up the fight only... that we got into the other day. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But talking about the spaceship battles and just shots of the spaceship being too close, I almost feel like that for 90% of this new movie. Like, I felt like... There's a couple faraway shots, but so much of the movie was either, like, close-up or medium shots. And at the end of the movie, I kind of felt like I watched a movie of people's faces. Like, I just saw characters' faces the whole time. And I didn't get that sense of environment. That's one of my favorite things about Star Wars is these new planets and and these new environments. And there was some criticism with that in Force Awakens where, like, when you saw Maz's cantina... Mm Mm-hmm. Was it was like a pass through because like you didn't really see the cantina the yeah. way you saw the original cantina. Absolutely, yeah, you know? and that's like that's one that was one of my criticisms, which I'm actually kind of glad you reminded me of that. But I just felt like it was too much close up shots, and I know there are a couple far away shots, but it's not to the extent that I wanted to for a Star Wars movie. Like I want to feel like I'm being drawn into these weird and crazy worlds and i didn't get that as much with this one you know um my other criticism and it's it's a really weird thing but you know how um so we're we're cool with spoilers i'm assuming at this point um i feel at this point the spoiler embargo has been lifted we haven't said Um, a lot of spoilers so far in the conversation i'm gonna so here's what i'm gonna do um it depends on if she catches up so Bryn sends me this text <laughs> um now she's been on the show before and we've talked about this she's never seen a star wars movie mm-hmm. and she sends me this text going hey i want to watch these movies what order should i watch them in and her and i are bantering back and forth and she's the kind of person who needs things in chronological order she doesn't want to bounce around a timeline yeah she wants to watch them in the order that they're meant to be told she wants a linear mm-hmm. story and she's also like and she'll obsess over it too so, like, she'll finish a movie, and her and I will have long, drawn-out conversations, and then she'll go watch the next movie in the series. Right. So, I basically told her, I'm like, I'm going to send you an email with a full write-up of the different ways to watch this, but I know you're going to fall on the chronological order. So, I put everything in a chronological order. I, you know, told her what the release order, you know what I mean? I gave yeah. her these different orders, and... um and I told her, I'm like, because you've never seen Star Wars, and I know pop culture has ruined some things for her, like the Vader being Luke's father thing has probably been yeah. ruined for her, and a couple other secrets. Other than that, she doesn't know anything. So, um, 
I told her, I'm like, you have this unique opportunity that most people don't have to yeah. watch it in a true chronological order. So I'm kind of curious. <laughs> um, so because we're, because in, as far as I'm concerned, the spoiler ban- embargo has been lifted yeah. because of how, because mm-hmm. we're now two weeks off of the movie. Um, I'm going to just give her a, I'm just going to give her and anyone else listening, this is a quick Star Wars spoiler warning so we can talk a couple things and then. Yeah, um, absolutely. We'll go from there. So, go um, ahead. so what I was going to say, because I had to mention Palpatine with this criticism, and if anybody hasn't seen it, I don't want to say whether he's in the movie or to what extent, but you know how... <laughs> I the... think anyone who's listened to our show knows, because we've talked about it <laughs> when he got announced with the trailer and all that, like, but we Star Wars Celebration announced But still, like, was in the we didn't know what extent he could <laughs> yeah, have been a okay. Force Vision or something. Fair enough. For the majority of the movie, he looks a certain way. And towards the end, and I might be phrasing this in not the best way, I'm not sure, but he sort of drains, like, force energy from Rey and Kylo, and then he looks more like the Palpatine that we know and love or don't love or whatever. (laughs) But uh, I felt like before that, when he's kind of a zombie Palpatine, as, like, I've heard other people phrase it, he has, like, these decrepit hands, but his facially... It just looks like Ian McDiarmid with, like, white face paint. You know, like, he's just, like, wearing plain makeup. And I felt like they missed an opportunity where they could have made his face look almost more zombie-esque or creepier or, like... Because I was thinking, like, he could look even more decrepit than uh, when we saw him in the original trilogies. He He could look old and scarred up and like kind of really creepy and then maybe when he stole that like force energy he would look more like a prequel palpatine or something once he's like revived himself right. i thought that could have been a cool touch i don't know if you have any thoughts on it maybe you loved the choice that they made um they left it my only with minimal makeup my beforehand. only thing so this is what's interesting about palpatine mm-hmm. is that uh, the actor who played so we all know that return of the jedi came before the prequels and this trilogy so when Return of the Jedi was filmed in 1983, they hired Ian McDiarmid to play Emperor Palpatine. He was in his 20s. So they had to use all this like face makeup and yeah. prosthetics and stuff like that to make him look like he did. Then when 20 years later when they did the prequel films, he's old enough to play Palpatine that we know in the prequels. Yeah. So they didn't have to do the aging because he was old enough to play the character. So here we are 30 years after... Um, Return of the Jedi, who, when we think Palpatine's dead... Yeah. And he looked more like Palpatine from the prequels than he did from Palpatine in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> in terms okay. of the way his face looked. So do you... you are, I feel like you're kind of agreeing with me where there's I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you about... to a point. I just think he should have looked more like the Palpatine from Return of the Jedi as opposed and to I, the Palpatine from Revenge of the Sith. And I think... and I Yeah, and I think that would be... I think that would be a little less jarring for me. Right, because, because I did after, feel like it was after the jarring. force energy thing you're talking about, yeah. he looked more like Palpatine from Revenge of the Sith, which, which I would have expected him to. Yeah. But when we saw him, he should have looked like a decayed version yeah, of exactly. Return that's, of the Jedi. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. And I feel like with a movie as big of a budget, they, I mean, I think there's so much stuff they could have done right. with the makeup well, that I would have loved to see. Well, there's a rumor yeah. and... As facts come out, it seems like more and more true that two people, aside from Ian McDiarmid and Abrams, knew that he was in the movie, and that would be Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver. That's I mean that's um, who I would have expected but, because yeah. it sounds like because like as things come out, it sounds like the cast 
no one you know, knew that he yeah. was in the movie. You know what me. I'm thinking of is uh, at the end of the movie, what, you know uh, how they use so many voice actors and stuff at the end? They probably didn't even know what's going on. You know what I'm no. like? Like Hayden Christensen talk, you, doesn't know that yeah, he was just saying like you can do it, Ray, but he didn't know what right. that meant at the and time. And I'm glad so. you brought up those voices at the end. Um, did you catch the Ahsoka voice? Um, did you hear it? Ahsoka, yeah. Some of these, some of the other like kind of like animated series Jedi's. I okay. had no idea. You so know? it wasn't. Um, I I waited. It's not what everyone thinks it is. I waited till the end of the movie. I wanted to see the credits. Okay. Um, it was very important that I wanted to see the credits uh, because when I heard, because I heard Ahsoka's voice. Yeah. And that actually made me roll a tear, um, hearing her voice. Um, that one hit me real hard. Uh, that's probably one of the moments I cried more than I like. I I teared up at a couple points, but for some reason that one hit me the most, and yeah. I think it was the inclusion of Ahsoka into the live action films. She's become she has become one of my all time favorite characters. So when we get to our top five Star Wars characters, she's most likely going to make my list. But the the inclusion, the fact that she was directly contributed to the Skywalker story, all this stuff. So when I heard her voice, I was like, oh my god, that was Ashley. Ashley Eckstein, who plays the mm-hmm. character. So I waited, and if you look through the credits, at the very tail end of all the cast credits, it says Jedi Voices, and then it has the list. Oh, cool. So Hayden Christensen did... I thought it was Matt Lanter, uh, who played Anakin mm-hmm. uh, in the Clone Wars, but no, it was, it was actually Hayden Christensen. So the Jedis are Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, Kanan, Luminara, Yoda, Qui-Gon, Ayla Sakura, Mace Windu, Adi Gallia, um, and Luke. Cool. Um, the only one I have a problem with is the only one that I have a problem with, and uh, it got a big like argument with me and my brothers on our group text that we mentioned earlier, <laughs> is um, Kanan. And the only reason I have a problem with Kanan is he did not contribute to the Skywalker story the way all the rest of them did. Okay. That's the only reason I have a problem but- with it. So um, I was thinking... And I guess it, you could say, well, he's a Jedi, so, you know... I mean, I doesn't that, that kind of make it a stronger statement that it's all the Jedi, whether they were involved in this one well, it wasn't story or not? all you know? the Jedi. But I, I think... But... Um, it what We didn't hear the voices of all the Jedi, but that's what she said in the movie, and so that's the concept they're trying to portray, so right, it makes I sense know, that some would be... And look, here's the thing. In the inclusion of adding the cartoons to the live action and all that <laughs> stuff, I completely understand. Yeah. I just... He didn't contribute to the Skywalker story. Technically, he had nothing to do with the Skywalker story. Yeah. And that's the only reason I didn't... Like, all the other ones, new Anakin, or like were in battles with Anakin. Mm-hmm. They all had something to do with, and then leading up to Luke, and then, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he had nothing to do with that at all. So that's my only... That's honestly so, my only problem. Yeah, I do have a question, and I just want to know your reaction. What would you have done if one of the voices was uh, Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> <laughs> well, um... <laughs> That would that would mean that Jar Jar is <laughs> a Jedi. So <laughs> we all know he's secretly a so, Sith Lord. So <laughs> what's funny about Jar Jar Binks? It's funny you say that because if you watch, so he's in Episode One, and then he's barely in Two and Three, and then there's no Jar Jar, and then at the very end of Return of the Jedi, if you look in the lower right hand corner, you see Jar Jar Binks waving a flag during the Naboo celebration, and you hear him say, "We so free." Okay, yeah, I've I've noticed that because so, I was recently watching the movies so, actually. That means Jar Jar survived to the end of Return of the Jedi, and if his voice appeared at the end of Rise of the Skywalker, that means sometime 
he became a Jedi and made it all the way to the <laughs> and was able to be point, in yeah. and Vader, uh, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Thankfully, he did not. But um, yeah, <laughs> I just think it would have been like just kill all the uh, I don't know excitement of that moment and yeah, stuff right. like that. But <laughs> all right, well let's talk. Let's we can come back to Star Wars. We're probably right gonna have more to talk about as we rewatch the movie and. I'd like to do a Star Wars episode. At some I do point. feel I do feel I'm at a point where I need to watch it again, and like, I it's almost like I don't know what to say that people haven't said at this point. But overall, I was happy with what we got. So know? with a Star Wars movie, for some reason, my first viewing, you basically can't blink for three hours. Yeah, and then you can then watch the movie. When you watch the movie the second time, you can actually watch the movie, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I felt like it was. Um, before we move on to news, real quick, I had half an hour of trailers to sit through. Not 15 minutes, not 20 minutes, a half an hour of trailers. Most of them I've already seen. Uh, seeing the Top Gun trailer on the giant IMAX screen was amazing. Yeah. Um, the one I'm going to bring up very specifically, and, I, and I'm and i kind of bummed that I forgot, I forgot about it when we did our anticipated movies. So this yeah. comment right now is kind of an end addendum to my list from anticipated movies okay is christopher nolan's tenant that's coming out i'm not entirely sure what the movie's about but i remember it coming i'm excited for <laughs> so it so it's a christopher nolan it's a, movie. It's a christopher <laughs> nolan movie yeah but they showed before star wars and imax so i saw it twice both times in imax the first time i sat through a 10 minute special preview for tenant and when I say special preview, it was a full action sequence from the movie. SWAT oh, wow. team coming in and taking out a terrorist organization, trying to blow people up in an opera house. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. And there's enough mystery of me going, wait a minute, what the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah. This looks astounding. Like, I couldn't, I was just completely blown away by this, like, 10-minute sequence. The second time I watched it, that 10-minute sec- sequence was removed, and they had a trailer for it that made no sense. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, tenant is kind of like an addendum to my list from the other from a couple weeks ago, but um, just because I completely forgot about it. So, okay. Nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk news. Okay. Um, let's blow through these a little quickly. Uh, Deadpool three is currently in development. Okay. With Marvel Studios. Okay. Nice. Um, we. I'm. I'm sure hoping it's rated R. You're just not I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sure hoping it's rated. Yeah, I, I am too. I don't. They said they were open to it. I just hope it stays in a way. Yeah. So, um, there is, uh, you did, you seem to not have much to say there. It's just kind of like, I hope, I mean, I'd like it to be, but I think, I don't know. I don't know. Like the rating thing. I know like everybody wants Deadpool to be rated R. I kind of feel like I just want a good movie. I don't care the rating, you know? <laughs> I feel and this, this is just my thoughts on this. Because of how Deadpool works, any Deadpool solo film should stay R. If you cross him into an Avengers film for the sake of a crossover or a team movie, like we've you know come to call them, however you want to word it, that can be PG-13. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel on the subject. So right. I just think if it's going to be Deadpool 3, let it be rated R. Let it ride its bandwagon. Yeah. I mean, I feel it. like... If it, let's say it was PG thirteen, they could have so many jokes about like Deadpool, like, well, I could comment on this, but I can't because Disney owns me now and I'm rated PG thirteen, or you know, like stuff that like would that. That would be so, a that'd be a nice yeah. fun <laughs> fourth wall find, break, yeah. but that'd also be really funny for like the crossover movie. Yeah. You oh yeah, that's I mean? actually a good so, idea too. 
Um, all right, another Marvel news: the show WandaVision on Disney Plus that's coming, rumored could set up Doctor Doom's MCU debut. Oh, okay, cool. What do you think about that? I mean, it'll be cool to see. I'm assuming they're going to do a more true to the comics Doctor Doom than we've seen so far, so that'll be pretty nice. Um, I don't know how interested I am in the show WandaVision, and a big part is, which I've said before, I just think the name of that show sounds so dumb. I just don't want to have it. Like, just the title like makes me I, not want to watch I it. I really like Scarlet Witch, so I'm definitely going to watch the show. I am not a fan of the um, title. Either. Right, yeah. I feel like this, however, this is a show that's going to be a direct link to getting us to Doctor Strange 2 because she's going to play a heavy role in the second Doctor Strange movie. Okay, yeah. So um, I'm very curious to see what the transition of the character is going to be since since apparently the only way to watch the MCU now is to watch everything. Yeah. So I feel like we don't know a lot about her as a character yet, so that'll be kind of cool to see, like, oh. I guess more with okay. Scarlet Witch in general, so... All right. Um, all right, so let's um, let's jump over to the other um, cross the pond real quick. Um, here's a story that I forgot to put on the board. Uh, Birds of Prey is officially rated R. Yeah, I did hear about this, actually. Um, they said they were looking into that. Um, I have a feeling Joker is going to cause more DC movies to be rated R. I have no problem with this. Um, I just don't want there to be a comic book shakeup where everything goes rated R. Yeah. I think it's good for some things. I think it's not good for other things. It's so. interesting because, like, teenagers, I'm, like, I'm, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I'm absolutely sure teenagers um, were, like, one of the biggest demographics that went out to see Suicide Squad. And so right. it's, like, interesting that they're making this movie rated R, but I guess those teens who saw Suicide Squad are probably 17 by now and can there's go also, see the R-rated there's movie. There's also the argument that the Joker has shown them that certain source material will cause, you know... That's they, true. You know, they, they let Joker be R, and could that, you know, Birds of Prey being R, cause that, could that mean the Batman is going to be rated R? Could that mean, um, you know... It's kind of weird, too, because... Nothing about Birds of Prey I've seen so far made it seem like it would be rated R, and it's like making you wonder is like well, there that much violence in the movie? It or says what exactly? it says it's rated R for violence, language, and sexual material. What I do know is that the villain that they're using for the movie makes my skin crawl more than any other DC villain, mm-hmm. um, and it's because of the real brutal nature of that character and there's some stuff that i've read in comic books um black mask is the villain for birds of prey there is um stuff from the comics where he had um tortured beaten and tortured stephanie brown batgirl and like just some really sick things that were were honestly hard to read through when i was um you know just reading certain storylines so yeah um yeah um, another thing from DC, there's a bit of a shakeup going on. I don't know how to take this. So apparently, we all know Jeff Johns uh, from DC Comics. Um, he's from the comic side of things. He is responsible for Green Lantern being what Green Lantern is today. Not the movie, but in the comic books. He's responsible right, for yeah. the rebirth of Green Lantern. He's responsible for the rebirth of The Flash. He's resp- like he's responsible for a lot of things that we've gotten, and they're all like good. Like some of the best DC books are Jeff Johns written. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Johns has been 
integral to the creation of the Arrowverse. He's been integral to the creation of a lot a lot of the movies and the success of a chunk of movies. Like he helped produce the he was a producer on Shazam. Shazam was a hugely you know what I mean? Like it was a big yeah. success. So apparently Jeff Johns has his producer credit removed from the Batman. And it's the second movie where he was uh, uh, where he was he tried to be involved but was cast out. Um, and there's rumors and news of him entering Joker production meeting. He was asked there's rumors of him entering a Joker meeting production meeting and asked to leave. Okay. So I don't know what's going on with Jeff Johns. I hope everything's okay. I, um, um, I think it's weird. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I've read some of Jeff Johns' comics. Uh, Drew, I know you. I like. I'm almost certain you've read more of his stuff than I have. Has he? He's not typically very dark or anything. Is no, he? he's. And actually... I'm like wondering if he is wanting to take D, like the DC movies in more of a lighthearted direction, but then the studios are saying like, you know, like. Suicide Squad did great. The Joker did great. Well, like, he Batman knows how Superman to. He knows how to good. write dark. Well, I I just don't know if like I'm wondering if this if Warner Brothers is wanting to do like more dark DC movies because they've just seen oh those dark movies be successful and like maybe Jeff Johns disagrees with that I don't sort know. of direction. And I, like I honestly don't know. That's what I mean. He might be able to write dark, and I was just saying like you might know more about it than I do. I guess. Yeah, so. like one. Of, I think the one of the darkest stories that he wrote was Flashpoint. Okay, I mean in that's terms a, of in terms of subject in terms point, of subject yeah. matter when you see like the dark when you see like the Flashpoint version of Batman and all that stuff like he that was all him. Okay, so um, I didn't realize that he wrote Flashpoint. So yeah, yeah. so like there's like. Yeah, it's just he knows how to do it, and I'm like, and I'm, and he's in charge of Stargirl, which is coming to the CW, which I'm ex- honestly I'm excited to see. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any theories about why he's being cast no, out? No, because movies? I just yeah. saw the news like before you came over. So yeah. Now I got to go do some research and try and see if I can figure out what's going on. Okay. Um, so, but no, I have no theories on it. I was surprised. Um, so uh, let's move on. Uh, FX and MGM Television are reportedly del. Developing a TV series based on Stephen King's novel Carrie. Okay, so I love the the roll of the eyes as soon as I well, said that. So they've only done two Carrie movies, right? Uh, yes. Have you seen both of them? Uh, no. Okay, well, no, so, I've seen the original. Not okay. The, not the so one. the second one I've watched, and it's one of those things where I don't remember a single thing about that movie, and it's one of those the original's so iconic, and it's like almost this thing like I feel like. I I almost like feel like that's like the best adaptation of it and just kind of like leave it there sort of thing. But I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on it or more information? I just there's certain like there's certain things about the movie that I get that I'm like okay let's tell this long form. But how are you going to get multiple seasons out of it? That's what I'm not entirely yeah. sure of. Like where do you go when she's like known to have her powers? Yeah, you know that's where it kind of bothers me that they're going to try like. A seat like a mini series and do a long form like single season could be really cool. Yeah, like uh, People vs OJ Simpson, and then you do something else. Like if you did like a Stephen King um, anthology series. 
So you do a long form carry, you do a long form pet cemetery, I mean, you do a long form yeah, shining. That could be really cool. I am, I am thinking about like all the uh, tension they could get from all the uh, kids at the school bullying Carrie, and it like all leads up to like the prom night, and yeah. it actually becomes like more of like an earned thing at the end. I guess they could do a good job of it. It's just kind of like. The last Carrie movie, I didn't really like that much, so I'm kind of like, really, they're doing this again? But yeah, um, well, that's where I just, you know, when I was like, okay, are we really doing this? <laughs> but now that you're now that I'm talking, yeah. if they were to do like a Stephen King anthology series, I wouldn't be, really be surprised cool. if I watched this show. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes about it now. So. <laughs> All right, um, we're gonna jump back to Star Wars for a minute, and then we're gonna talk about something real funny. All right. Um, actually, how about this? I think it's funny. Um, so first off, um, there's a character in the Witcher video games, uh, called Vesemir, if I spelled, pronounce his name correctly. Um, he looks very similar to Mark Hamill. Okay. In terms of physical appearance. Mark Hamill jokingly said he wants to play the character, who is an experienced Witcher and acted as a father figure to Geralt in the next season <laughs> nice. of The Witcher. Um, I know this is an audio podcast, so I can't show the audience, but here's a picture of Mark Hamill and Vesemir. Okay, cool. I can see it, and I say I'm all for it. Okay, um, yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome. Seeing Mark Hamill and stuff right now has been a lot of fun. He's a, he's a really good voice actor. <coughs> he's kind of, like, come back. So I do feel that they're going to need to make sure that he's not just playing. And I don't know anything <clears throat> about this character, but I don't want him, since he's, like, kind of plays a father figure, I don't want him to be playing kind of an old Luke training Ray again right. sort of thing. Because I did... One of the few things that kind of, it's more of a personal gripe for me, but when Batman Begins came out and seeing uh, Liam, Neeson. Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul, I felt like he, there's certain lines where it's like, am I just watching Qui-Gon again or, or, or something like that? And yeah. it's just kind of like, I don't want to be taken out of the story because, because I know the similarities. Yeah, exactly. Right. I hear you. Um, the other thing, Star Wars news, um, is that Darth Revan, who... Um, if you've been following the books and comics and all that stuff, um, Darth Revan, the video game, uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, as a character, he's the original Sith. He's the first. Um, and he's, like, in terms of his story, it's one of the coolest stories. Yeah. He is, for the Star Wars screen, and let me see if I can explain this in a way that people understand if you're not up under your Star Wars stuff because a right. lot of I feel like the majority of the people aren't reading the books and comics they only look at um, yeah the, the movies the films. movies or television shows if it happens on the screen it's basically canon and a discussion Star Wars was always meant for the screen so we're talking the movies we're talking Clone Wars Rebels Star Wars Resistance the is video games considered to the screen Video games, well, it's not canon in the same sense. Yeah. What I do know is that your visual entertainment, your movies and television shows, those are canon. End of discussion. The books and comic books and stuff, um, a large handful of them have been removed and they're not considered canon. They're considered Star Wars Legends. Yeah. Um, the books coming out now fall in line and they count them as canon. You can separate um, those by pre-Disney, post-Disney, basically. basically. Yeah. Um, but, so Darth Revan is now officially, um, canon. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker cool. Visual Dictionary has revealed that the character is canon. Now, I think that the Visual Dictionary for Rise of Skywalker is behind the times. I would actually have to go back and do some research because there is, um, the episode in the Clone Wars with Darth Bane 
who is another one of the previous Sith, I'm pretty sure they make Darth Revan reference in that episode. I'd have to go back and watch and look it up. Um, but I just, I the fact that he's canon regardless is awesome because it just creates proof of you know the cohesive universe that they're building and it's they're they're looking into the source material. Cool. Yeah, that's so. awesome. All right, one more piece of news and then we're going to talk our list. So, um, this is what made me laugh, and I'm going to see what you think about this. James Cameron says that Avatar Two will beat Avengers Endgame at the box office. Okay. What are your thoughts on this? Before I read you James Cameron's quote, which made me laugh, what are your thoughts on this? So I hear it, and the, my first reaction is, I'm, or why don't, I, I'm trying to think of how to word this, but like, I'd like to see him try sort of thing. Like, And that's exactly, I, I feel no, doubtful, I'm sorry, that's but, yeah. exactly where I am with it. Um, Avatar was a good movie, and here's the thing about Avatar, okay? It was a good movie. It still is a good movie. It holds up. I've watched it because it, it was like on FX, so I just watched it. It's great, <laughs> but it changed the face of movies in terms of 3D entertainment. Okay, he built it with 3D in mind, so he changed how 3D was done. Yeah. So a lot of people went and saw that movie because they wanted to see the new thing that they've never seen before. And yep. a lot of times that's how movies get excitement jaws no one had ever seen a movie like that before so it got the box office star wars the original star wars got the box office because no one had ever seen that before mm -hmm. the movie speed wait they jumped a bus everyone went and saw that movie because they wanted to see if like how that happened like people go and see things that they've never seen before so avatar advertising with all the 3d nonsense drew numbers yeah. specifically because they were doing something new at the end of the day, Avatar is the same movie as Pocahontas. Um, and if I really have to do a breakdown, I will, but it's literally the same <laughs> movie. So, it you know, it's not a story we've not heard before. My problem with his statement, Avatar's going to beat Avengers Endgame, is Avatar had its day in the spotlight. Avengers had its, has its day in the spotlight, and it's going to be up there. We are 10 years since Avatar 1's release. Yeah. No one is saying I need another Avatar movie. I don't like. I don't know anyone who's like, "When's Avatar two coming out?" <laughs> For sure. And on top yeah. of that, no one's going to Avatar Con. Mm -hmm. And I know I've made that joke in the past. I have but... seen some Navi cosplayers, but uh, no, I absolutely agree. Like, there's there doesn't seem to be that big of a fan community. I I'm the same way. Like, I don't know anybody who's a hardcore fan. I don't know anybody who's that into any of the characters from avatar like nobody like i don't know anybody who's like i really connected with so and so the one thing i'm wondering is uh i know that international like audiences make up a huge per, like yeah china china is like one of the largest film audiences Ex next exactly to the and States, i'm wondering so. do does china like just freaking love avatar, avatar? And we i just don't know because i don't know that's china is one of the reasons the transformers movies kept getting Exactly. Like they kept so making it, Transformers films. It might be like China has this huge Avatar fan base that's Maybe. Gonna, like really supported well, and so, we don't even and know. And the other thing is Avatar 1 had two releases and that's why it has the box office dollars yeah. that it did. Avengers got a second release because they wanted to beat Avatar. Yeah. Now, Avatar now is owned by Disney. So at the end of the day, it's Disney competing against itself. But what I think is interesting is this quote, and this has made this made me laugh and think to myself again. Uh, you know what? I'll wait. So here's the quote from James Cameron: "I think it's a certainty 
but let's give Endgame their moment. I don't want to sound snarky. I took the high road by offering congratulations, but they beat us by one quarter of a percent. I did the math in my head while I was driving in this morning. I think accountants will call it a rounding error. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm going to say this again. No one is going to Avatar Con. Yeah. And I don't know anyone who is saying, I need Avatar 2. Now, I say that now. I will be in a seat for Avatar 2. I'm going to buy a ticket. He's already pre-sold the ticket because I want to see what's going to happen. <laughs> I already right. like the series. I'm going to go. Yeah. But I honestly don't think... I feel like the movie... <clears throat> I feel like Avatar 2 is coming out so late that it, he's like almost missing the boat. Yeah. On It's like too little, too late. Is mm -hmm. basically how I feel on that one. It's cool. So. I want... The first movie I thought was pretty good. I want this. I want them to keep... Like I want I want the second one to be even better, and it's. Uh, I do think it's cool that James Cameron has this little like universe and story he's created, and he's really passionate about it. So it's kind of like, I hope it's really good. I am pretty doubtful, and I agree. It like it does feel like it's too late. So we'll just see what happens. I guess. I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Are you ready to talk the list for the night? Yeah. For, yeah. Definitely. Sweet. Um. All right. Well, in that case, um. Uh, let's talk about the list tonight. So, so Ryan, play the thing. <laughs> and now for the top five. All right, so here we are. So most anticipated. So the, what we did for this week's list was we talked our anticipated films for 2020. We're in a new decade. Time to talk our anticipated television shows for 2020. And honestly, I feel like I should should have just taken a one of my categories and wrote Disney Plus. Wow. Okay. Um, and it's not. It doesn't mean the whole thing's Disney Plus. I just realized when I was like, "Holy crap! That's Disney Plus. That's Disney Plus." Like, <laughs> I don't think I have any Disney Plus. It so made. It made like. How about this? Four of mine are Disney Plus. Um. Um. Yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of. I think I was gonna say something, <laughs> but I forgot. So you can keep going. <laughs> no, it's all good. I just when I realized that I was like, "Holy cow! That many's Disney Plus." Yeah. Um. And it's funny because here's a quick. Side addendum, they didn't give a release date for Fire and Blood, which is the Game of Thrones prequel, so I don't know if it's this year at all. Yep. So I can't, I couldn't. I had a couple, like. I honestly, too. I couldn't even put it down because yeah. no one knows, so I just have to let it go, and just, yep. if it comes out, great. Yeah. Um, so do you have any honorable mentions? I don't, actually. Sweet. And that's, I have the same thing, like, there's ones I was hoping that was coming out, and like, I so like, there's even an article I said that they were speculating that the Netflix uh, Masters of the Universe animated series, like the Kevin Smith one, like they were saying like, oh, it, it should be out in 2020, but n I couldn't find any confirmed sources. So I'm like, no, right. I mean, I can't Right, that exactly. One. So when I was Googling, that one didn't even come up either. So when I was playing around, so whatever. The, the other one I almost picked too was uh, Castlevania Season 3, which there was a rumor it was going to release uh, December 1st, 2019, and then that didn't happen. So it was like, well, hopefully it comes out this year, but I don't know, so I can't pick it. So Right. So how about this? So I, I have two honorable mentions. First, Marvelous Miss Maisel Season 4. I'm so, I love that show. I can't wait. Give me some more Marvelous Miss Maisel. And nice. the, this season, in my opinion, was one of the better seasons um, 
the ending was kind of predictable. You kind of saw it coming. Yeah. But that's okay because of where the show is headed. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, my other honorable mention is Lock and Key. Okay. You nice. know what Lock and Key is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Lock and Key is a comic series that was written by Stephen King's son. Um, it's awesome in all the best ways. And there's a uh, show coming, which just the idea that I didn't, I completely forgot that there was a show coming. Until yeah. I started looking up shows coming, so Lock and Key is on its way. Lock and Key is one where I've read a couple of issues. I never, um, it's one of those things I read a little bit and I loved and then I fell off of it, so I haven't mm-hmm. read the whole thing, but it's one of those stories that it's like this really cool horror mystery thing that's like right up my alley and like I'm really excited for this one too actually, so it's right. cool to see you mentioned it. Alright, well, because I gave my honorable mentions, <laughs> I'm just going to make you go first on the <laughs> actual picks. Yeah, that's fine. Um, well, actually we can get my first one out of the way. Uh, Lock and Key. Oh! Alright. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. Um, it, it's a Netflix show and so I feel like I feel like genre shows so far Netflix has done a pretty good job. You know, your Stranger Things or Witcher or whatever, like and so I'm hoping that this show is going to be really good as well. So, yeah. Right. All right. Well, my first pick then for the night is Clone Wars, the final season. Oh, nice. I didn't even realize this was uh, coming out this February. Year. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> like we, we are, I think Lock and Key is February. We are right well, off so. the we are right off the heels of Rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian season one, and they're about to give us Clone Wars, the final season. I, mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can't wait. The Siege of Mandalore is coming. We get Ahsoka <laughs> back. You get to actually see Ray Park as animated Darth Maul. And when I say that, because they mocapped, him, they right? mocapped yeah. Darth, they mocapped Ray Park for the Darth Maul animated character this time around. So it's still voiced by Sam Witwer, which is phenomenal. But then yeah. it's gonna be Ray Park's physicality. And um, when I was at Star Wars Celebration, we got to see the briefest clip. <laughs> but they're like, we're not showing you much, but what we are showing you is Ray Park. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait. Cool. So. Yeah, Clone Wars final season. All right, what do you got? That's awesome. We're gonna okay. go through this list fast because. Yeah. You know, um, I picked uh, Invincible. Um, so this is uh, an animated series that I guess is going to be. I think it's on Amazon, but it's based on the Invincible uh, comic books, the comic book series written by uh, Robert Kirkman, who's famous for doing um, uh, Walking Dead, of course. But uh, this is uh, another one where I've read some of the comics, yeah, but I, I haven't know. read them all. But I never read, read the comic, but cool, I know the series, and I love the art style of it, and it should be just like a really fun, violent uh, superhero show that I'm excited for. So. Right on. Um, this goes, now we're going to go back to my uh, Disney Plus uh, category again, and I'm going to say the Kenobi series. Is that coming out this year? Yes. For sure? Yes. Okay, well, make that it's, an honorable mention Right, it's for just me. like... <laughs> it's just I like, didn't realize it was coming out so soon. And, um, the, you know, I looked up... I will say this, is when I was looking at stuff, it's slated for this year. It's probably the one that could get pushed, but it's slated for this year. Okay. Um, so I was just, like... When I was, like... I, I, I'm too, like... I'm too, like, in this... I don't want to call it Star Wars Overload because I've been watching a lot of Star Wars lately, whether it's the movies or television shows mm-hmm. or whatever, and I got Disney Plus and I'm sitting there like, what do I watch? And I just fire up Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and seeing Rise of Skywalker multiple times, I've gone back and watched Last Jedi a couple times. Like, I should be Star Wars out right now, but I've never had a Star Wars Overload in my life, so I'm just like, wait, more Star Wars? Give me it. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. That's great. Um, so yeah, Kenobi. Um, this one, I actually do have one comment, because I said it a while ago on the show, I was actually more excited about the Kenobi series than, uh, The Mandalorian, 
And uh, that's just because, like, I like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I have a fondness for the character. I really like Ewan McGregor as an actor. So I'm actually really pumped for this one. I just didn't realize it was coming out this year, you know? Yeah. And I do think the idea, from the things I've heard, it sounds like he's going to be kind of like this silent protector of Luke Skywalker as he grows up on Tatooine. And I do think there's some cool, like, really suspenseful things they could do with a story like that. Right. So There is something. I did hear a rumor that Hayden Christensen is going to reprise his role as Anakin in this oh, series. Oh, that would, makes... And, whoa. Which is, I, well, and that's the thing. Okay. It's a rumor. Yeah. So could Anakin Skywalker be putting on the suit and playing Darth Vader? Ooh, cool. Or could Hayden Christensen just be there for like a flashback sequence or something? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who knows? That's but, wild. But yeah, that that is wild. And you know <laughs> Ewan was like, give Hayden a call. If I'm doing this, you got to call him. <laughs> That's we awesome. got to make this work. Um, so yeah, what do you got? What's your next one? Oh, right. Um, so my next one, this one's kind of random, but uh, High Fidelity. So oh. I can't remember what network this is going to be on, but uh, I like the movie a lot, um, and they're doing a series about it. I feel like this is a prime one, too, but I might be wrong. But I expect this to be, like, a lot of, like, cool, funny relationship drama as well as a lot of just, like, record store nerd talk, and I think I'm going to enjoy that a ton. So I love the movie. I love the book. Um, I can't... I'm not... Look, we can... Every time books come up in conversations with movies, there's always some jerk, some asshole who goes, well, you know, the books are always better. Look, that's not always the case. And secondly, there's things that books can touch on in a way that movies can't. Uh, things have to be adapted to screen. Right. So um, the book for High Fidelity is phenomenal. It's almost identical. There's like a couple extra scenes that they didn't shoot for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but the book is amazing. Um, I don't know how this goes long form, but we'll see when yeah, it comes out. And this this is, did, it did catch my eye, but I don't know enough about it to be excited. This is one where I don't know a lot about it either, but it's kind of a... I liked the vibe enough of a movie that I'd like to watch a TV show that is like long form with the same vibe. So that's yeah. just really all I'm going off of. Okay, my next Disney Plus pick for the night. Like I said, it should have been all Disney Plus. Um, is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay, nice. Um, the reason this is getting a pick is because when I heard of all the Marvel shows that they were said they were coming, this is the one that got my attention more than anything. Um, I want to know more. I want to see what, they go, what they're doing with Bucky more. I want to know what they're doing with Cap given Falcon the Shield. Um, I'm, I was really, like, I was already excited for it, and they announced that they're bringing Sharon Carter back, so we're getting more Agent 13. I really like Emily Van Camp as an actress, so I was happy when she got originally cast as Sharon Carter. Now I'm really excited because I want to see what they're going to do with that. Um, Sharon Carter and Captain America had a very complicated relationship in the comic books, so is there a chance that they're going to make her and Bucky have that complicated relationship? Are they going to do that with Falcon? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really kind of curious where this is going to go. Hmm. So, But Emily Van Camp's coming back to play the character, so like, I'm just overall... And I'm really excited, but the Winter Soldier, even to this day, in the wake of Endgame and Infinity War and all those movies that came at the end, is still, I think, Marvel's best film. And I, oh, yeah. and I, and I truly think it's the mystery of the film and the espionage spy nonsense that went on in the movie. I think that's why I like it so much. Yeah. 
And because of that, I'm really excited to see because they're gonna basically they're gonna basically gonna jump back into that and go long. Yeah, form with and it. I feel like the Winter Soldier. Just adding to that, there is like a sophistication to the storytelling that um, is maybe like higher than a lot of the Marvel. I'm not saying like Marvel movies are bad, but I think there is like a sophistication to that story that they did yeah, really absolutely. well. Absolutely. Um, I I'm not like jonesing to see the. Falcon and the Winter Soldier show, but I feel like I'm gonna see a trailer and that's gonna completely change, change my mind. Yeah, because especially like knowing those characters and the kind of like just awesome fight scenes they could do with just those those two, I'm waiting for the trailer. But I might be watching right. this one. Um, all right, what do you got? Your second to last pick. Second to last pick. This one is probably my most controversial pick, and that is Thundercats Roar. So are you familiar with this series or not? Um, I know of it. And, okay. um, like, here's the thing. I was a Thundercats fan as a kid. I am not a fan of what I'm seeing because right. the animation has me completely... What did you do to Thundercats? So, the, the, th- the biggest thing is you see the, like, animated clips for the show, and it looks like they've really dumbed down Thundercats to being this, like, Adventure Time sort of thing. The problem is, back in... I feel like it was 2011, they released a serious, like action animated series for the Thundercats and people didn't watch it and it got canceled. And it's kind of one of these things that all the people complaining that this isn't what they had in their childhood, like they gave you this awesome cartoon earlier, but nobody watched it and it got canceled. So it's kind of this, I don't have like with Thundercats, like I don't know that I have a super hardcore emotional attachment to them. So I'm kind of fine with the change. And like, it's actually, the show isn't necessarily my favorite style when it comes to animated stuff, but the thing is, every clip I've seen, the animation itself, like the fluidity of how the characters move and stuff, is so gorgeous. Like, it's really, really well animated, even though, like, it's not, like I said, even it's not my it's favorite. Yeah, it's not my favorite style, but it just looks so good right. at the same time. All so. right, you sold me to at least give it another glance. <laughs> 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 I got. I got to give it another. No, but I understand. This is one that it might not be your cup of tea, but I I'm pretty interested in this right. one. I think it right. looks cool so far. So, um, all right. So um, my next one, and this is the non Disney Plus one on my category, okay. but it's but it's high in my ranking, is Impeachment. Um, which is I don't even know which is going to be the new season of American Crime Story. So American Crime Story covered the OJ trial. And it was astounding. It was so good. I did not like the assassination of Versace season they did, but this is going to be, this season is going to cover the Bill Clinton impeachment. Um, That's, yeah. And that's just, oh my God, that just sounds fantastic. Like, like, and I'm just like, I can't wait to see this all play out. And I know they're doing it because of the Trump stuff going on, Mm -hmm. but... Let's see. I you know I lived through it, so this could be really really cool. Yeah, that's I was thinking that too. Like just being around while that was going on, it'll be kind of cool to see that. I haven't watched. I uh, think Clive Owen is playing Clinton. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can see him doing the voice. I'm kind of curious what they'll do as far as makeup and stuff, just because I feel like Clive Owen doesn't look that much like Bill Clinton. But well, we'll I think he's playing Clinton. Um, I just I don't know. I just the idea. The idea of doing that as the next season yeah. for American Crime Story, just, oh my god, that sounds fantastic. I haven't watched any seasons of the show. I've heard that the OJ se- season is really, really good, actually. It's um, beyond good. I'm interested in it. Um, the OJ Simpson trial happened when I was in, like, second or third grade, so, like, 
I didn't even understand like most of what was happening then. So it, I don't know if it's like if that's why I haven't watched it because there was too much of a disconnect. But maybe it would be kind of cool to go back and watch that too. Um, you know? It's good. Uh, the assassination of Versace. I, the only reason I didn't like it is it was so slow that I couldn't get into it. Okay. Like I just I'm like I can't get into this at all. Yeah. I. Uh, the best part about the show for me was Penelope Cruz, and um, she wasn't in it enough mm-hmm. for what I saw. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Anyway, what's your uh, final pick for the night? Yeah, my final pick is uh, Gremlins, oh, Secret I of the Mogwai. I honestly thought we were going to match, but go <laughs> I don't even, I think we only matched on uh, Lock and Key. Yeah, but not even really. I would I to be fair, like, if I knew it was coming out this year, I would have put Obi-Wan on my top five, but... So this is a show that's going to be on uh, HBO Max, and um, according to Wikipedia, it's coming out in 2020, um, though officially, I mean, I don't know if this will get pushed back, but uh, it's an animated series about gremlins, but uh, <laughs> I actually was researching it a bit, and I found out that it's going to be taking place in like ancient Japan, which is kind of makes it more interesting because we're going to find out kind of like maybe the origins of the Magwai and stuff. And this is one that uh, we haven't seen any animation from yet as far as I know. So I'm either going to love it or not care for it. But the mystery is kind of, uh, you know, enticing to me. And it's Gremlins, you know, that's I love Gremlins. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> um, well, my final pick for the night, and it's Disney Plus, is Mandalorian Season 2. Right. Like, I'm... But that the show is so good and like I don't feel like there was any real missteps in terms of episodes it was just good across yeah. the board the finale was astoundingly good and seeing um, spoiler if you haven't watched yet the dark saber at the end of the finale that just got me super excited like I'm just yeah I just want have, I just have want you more heard Mandalorian. what people are speculating about no, by all means. Somebody don't. who might appear in season two. Um, why don't you tell me? Because... You were talking about him being mo-capped earlier. Oh, well, that'd be that's, interesting. That's the rumor. And I guess there's been tweets made by both uh, Ray Park and um, who's the voice actor who does Darth Maul? Sam like, Whitworth. Yeah, Sam Whitworth. There's been tweets about them that are kind of cryptic, so it's kind of leading people to think right. they're going to be it's, in. And it's interesting because uh, he... Um... You know, even though that character made an appearance in the Han Solo film, he was still voiced by Sam Witwer. So you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's the idea is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I love Darth Maul. Like I always want to see more. And Darth honestly, Maul, so. and honestly, I thought you were about to say because uh, the one I was thinking of, if you were gonna input this character in, I was expecting you to say Ahsoka for some reason. I feel like oh. she would be a perfect addition to the Mandalorian story at this point to make her a live-action debut. And the reason I say that is if you watch, and this is a spoiler for Rebels if you haven't watched Rebels yet, but if you watch Rebels and how that plays out and her involvement in the Mandalorian culture would make it... So so we haven't seen Clone Wars yet where we actually get to see the Siege of Mandalore. Uh, The final... Well, how about this? Mandalore plays a heavy role in the Clone Wars story to begin with. But if in the final season we're actually going to see what happened at the Siege of Mandalore, mm-hmm. in Rebels, Ahsoka is still very connected to things that happened on Mandalore, and she's very connected when Rebels ends. 
So I was, I'm like, kind of like in this back of my mind going, Dave Filoni is working on Mandalorian. When are we going to see the live action Ahsoka for the first That's time? That's what I was going to say. That's, that'll be cool to see. Do you have any like fan casts for I, I honestly, honestly, I look, fan casts. Plus, you got to get an actress who's the right age, too. At that I know, point I know. And because of makeup and all that stuff, I honestly want it to just be Ashley Eckstein. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, she's done the voice. Yeah, I can't argue with she's that. She's done yeah. the voice for Ahsoka. I wouldn't want any other voice coming out of that character's mouth but Ashley Eckstein's. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, if you don't want Ashley Eckstein in the makeup and costume and on stage doing her thing, then you're going to have to have Ashley Eckstein voice the character going forward. Like, I'm sorry, right. you're going to have to do it because <laughs> right um, on, yeah. that's the only way I would want it done. Um, like, you do it like Darth Maul, have Sam Witwer just do the voice. Just That's the only way I would want it done. Nice, um, yeah. I can't think of any other actors that I would put in that setup. So. Cool. And I've met Ashley Eckstein. She's yeah. tiny. She would. She'd. She'd work. She'd... I, I don't. I don't have like personally. I don't have any like opinions either way. I know it's Ahsoka is one of your favorite characters. So I just. I have. I have such it. a soft spot for that character. It's. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Ashley, if you're in, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, come on the show. Um, <laughs> all right. Awesome. So that brings us to the end. Um, this is actually my pick. Uh, because and I've been holding on to this for a really long time. Um, we. Uh, been like a month it's it's been like a month we've had so many plans we've had so many planned episodes i've been holding on to this for a while so here it is because i was thinking about it in terms of thanksgiving and the holidays and all this stuff we're gonna do top five dinner scenes from pop culture there is one that I'm pretty sure you and I are going to match on for sure. See, you, you always say that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you and dinner I are going to match scenes. dinner okay. scenes. There was I was watching I was watching a movie. I'm not going to tell you which movie because I don't want to give away a scene. And I was laughing my butt off in this dinner sequence that was happening in the movie. I just it's it's such a funny scene. And I was like, you know what? There's some great dinner scenes in film, television, books, like however yeah, you can absolutely. pull them from anywhere. So pop culture in general, dinner sequences. Is so to make something a dinner scene, you need characters sitting around most of the time at the table and eating a meal in the evening. Sure. Like, well, I couldn't say, like. How about this? How about this? The Home Alone pizza scene before they all leave on vacation. That's a dinner scene. No, absolutely. You know but I, I couldn't mean? say, um, like. Uh, uh, the the dinner scene from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. No, with the, with the and, the, and those turkey, are obvious, like, but I Those I, are obvious ones. That's I why. couldn't say, like, one of the vampires and 30 of. 30 days of night is sucking somebody's blood and he's no, having dinner. No, this is like people <laughs> yeah. sit around a table having dinner like or or a campfire or something where it's it's a definite Disney it's a, it's dinner a, scene. It's yeah. a, a Disney, yeah. No, a, a definite dinner scene. We've yeah. been saying Disney too much lately. It's yeah, just I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. So top 5 dinner scenes. I've been holding on to this for a long time. Okay, nice. So um, all right. So with that being said, please check us out on our website top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook. Along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. If you'd like to interact with the show, hit us up there or our social media. That'd be great. Um, we are on Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and officially we are now on iHeartRadio as well. So in all your podcast listening needs, we should be found somewhere. <laughs> so um, no more excuses. you no, got to listen to us. <laughs> no more excuses. <laughs> um, if you would subscribe to us, that'd be great because if you subscribe to us, you won't miss a single episode. And you can leave us a review. We love the five stars, but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better. And it makes the words we say feel important. 
Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I'll be pitching my PG-rated Deadpool versus Black Mask script. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.